1: Welcome to the e-commerce conversation with Pat Callahan, a weekly podcast focusing on e-commerce topics featuring interviews with prominent people in the e-commerce space. And now let's move right on over to Pat to see who he has queued up for this week's interview.
0: Welcome
1: to e e-commerce conversations. I'm Pat Callahan and today I'm joined by Bjorn Espinez, president, chairman and CEO of Infopia. Welcome Bjorn. It's good to have you.
0: Thank you. Good to be here.
1: Before we jump into that ever popular topic these days, which is of course the holidays. Bjorn, why don't you tell me a little bit about what Infopia does?
0: So, Infopia is a, you know, a um, software as a service uh, e-commerce platform. Our mission is to help uh, merchants grow their business and we do that uh, in a number of different ways. Uh, summarized as we, um, uh, we help them with all the activities around their website. We leverage all the channels that have a lot of buyers out there. Anything from you know eBay to Amazon to getting all the comparison shopping feeds out, paid search, natural search, all those things. We also do a lot when it comes to how to manage their customers, driving repeat uh, transactions from their customer base, and mash all these components together in a way that they have an effective customer acquisition customer acquisition strategy, as well as having a uh, very unique uh, opportunity to drive repeat transactions from the customer base and which has dramatic impact on the profitability line.
1: I see. You guys are located in Utah, is that correct?
0: We are located in Salt Lake City, Utah.
1: Salt Lake City, Utah. A little known fact about me is I am actually a Utah native and I was actually born in Salt Lake City. See?
0: I was not. I came here from what I'm sitting here looking at outside my window. White covered mountains.
1: It has been a while since I've been back to Salt Lake, though. It is a nice town. Yes, indeed. Okay, Bjorn, it's that time of year. Once Thanksgiving's over, Friday, good old Black Friday, it's time to start thinking about Christmas, right? Absolutely. Uh, Do you have all your Christmas shopping done? (laughs) No. No? Is your your Christmas tree up? Uh, No. No? When do you usually put your Christmas tree up?
0: You know, that's... uh that's interesting. You ask that. You know, around here it typically goes up around now, where I was, where I was born and raised in Norway. The Christmas tree goes up on December twenty-third. After the kids are in bed, and we decorate the tree, put all the presents under it. And so when the kids come down on the twenty-fourth, they have a a tree that's put up with all the Christmas gifts under it. I and like that's our tradition.
1: I like that idea a lot. I really do. I think that that that's a great way to do it. It probably cut in on the uh, Christmas tree sales a little bit, but
0: You know the great piece about this is I look at the best deal on the Christmas trees let me <laughs> tell you in the afternoon of the twenty third ain't that many left.
1: <laughs> okay. Let's uh let's I will try to stick to the basics today. With just a few weeks remaining before the holidays, what would you recommend just be focusing on right now, November thirtieth?
0: November thirtieth. So you know I would focus in on two things first and foremost I think at this point in the season I think you'll get the biggest box for focusing on on your operations you know get get things done right make sure they're the, you're sending the right things to the right people as we all know it's all it's competitive online and if uh, and all our customers are having the busiest time of the year so it's easy to let you know errors sneak in and once you start operating with with errors, one it kills your margins. You know, a return you may may take you two or three transactions to make up for the cost of a return, as well as you not laying the foundation in place for building a great relationship with the customer, uh, for him to come back and buy from you again. So I think the the number one thing uh, this time of the year, where everyone's a little antsy, make sure they get their products in time and all that. Just focus on operations uh, and make sure that you can process. What you have at the end of the day, you may have more uh, profit dollars left in the pockets from that. I would also do, you know, some activities in the existing customer base. Uh, it's fairly easy to do, uh, and I would assume that you know everyone has their customer base neatly organized, so that they can you know pull together some lists and do some specific activities on it. Send out, you know, here are our top sellers, you know, give some gift ideas, and you know, give your customers some. You know, some value add in in the communication, the communications uh, you send out. One of the things I would not do in mean, order to have that said, is to start looking at getting into a new channel. It's you know, it's the busiest time of the year, and you know, ending up spending time trying to figure out how do I get into you know a new a new comparison shopping feed or get into a new marketplace. You know, it's not time, yeah. it's not the time to do that.
1: Stick with what works. Yep. I imagine that this is a time of year that makes or breaks a lot of merchants, you know, certainly not all of them, but this is certainly a big time of year that's circled on the calendar. Right now, end of November, what would you say are some things merchants can do even now, even this this late, and I hate to say late because it's not that late in the season, but from the e-commerce perspective, it's a little late. What today, what are some things merchants can do to expand their presence on the web? So
0: there are you know I think probably some of the easiest thing that you can do if you want to expand the presence on the web and I mean it goes back to a little bit on my comment on the last uh, on the last area we discussed on you know starting to do a lot of new things in the busiest you know couple of weeks of the season maybe you know a little risky but I think you know some of the of the low hanging fruit for customers could be you know for example, you know, making sure that if you're not doing the Google-based feed, for example, it I mean, doesn't cost you anything, you know, get it out there. Uh, there may be some affiliate programs, but there's, I mean, some fairly non-intrusive to your business type things you can do to uh, to get additional exposure. Uh, another thing would be paid search. There is a tremendous amount of business that uh, is being done, you know, through paid search, and so I'll do the, the pay-per-click on Google or you know some of these other places also I think where you get the quickest bang for the for the dollars
1: okay I could certainly see how uh paid search would be a definitely be one way to go that wouldn't be too intrusive is that correct
0: absolutely okay yeah, it's uh, it's a little late to uh, to start the search engine optimization uh, strategies for for the holiday season yeah. but the the paid search is uh, you know it's a it's a very quick and effective way to get there now. The flip side of that is now it's also the time of the year where paid service is the most expensive.
1: Of course. I think you always hear throughout the year, it doesn't matter if it's Christmas, it doesn't matter if it's holidays, the one catchphrase you always come back to in e-commerce is lifetime value and the customer's lifetime value. What do you think merchants can do this holiday season? to increase a customer's lifetime value?
0: You know, lifetime value, the, the number one driver for lifetime value, above and beyond anything else, is when you get the new customer, that you treat that customer well. And it is, you know, it comes down to, there's, there's a lot of different things. One is, you know, it starts with uh, they found your product easily. It is clear, clearly, you know, presented. Uh, the checkout process is, is easy, straightforward. No hiccups, the communication with the consumer in terms of, you know, their shipping, tracking numbers, you know, all those things. Having a login section on your website where the customer can go in and log and track their order if they need to make changes, if they need to add to it, you know, things like that. And, you know, put a little something in the you know in the packet you're shipping that surprises them. It could be, you know, anything from a little note or, you know, anything like that. But but do you know go through the the buying experience and if you make that buying experience experience great then your chances of getting a repeat customer uh, you know goes up dramatically and and all these things comes back to you know these things don't happen you know by accident you know sellers that have a lot of repeat transactions you know have built a strategy around their website uh, that strategy may be to use a lot of the marketplaces a lot of the sources of, of customers out there as an acquisition strategy and they have built you know their plan for how they will uh, for each of the steps in that initial transaction how they would will execute that with a repeat transaction in mind and then you go build your scorecard so that you can start you know over the year uh, tracking you know what percentage of your transactions are are repeat, and then you can start tuning this. And in the keys here is to have you know an environment set up that you can execute on this, that you get all the products pushed out to all the different marketplaces for uh, for customer acquisition, bring them back in in a way that you can drive repeat transactions on your website, so you build your own branded business uh, and, and know your metrics. Mm-hmm. And when the metrics are not kind to you, you know face the brutal reality and make you know make the tough decisions uh,
1: sure and, but sure
0: keep keep tuning this but so, it's no ma- it's no magic it's like the grocery store it's like you know the restaurant it's it's all about um saying uh or doing what you said you would do and treat the customers the way you expect to and as the merchant you need to have the systems and the metrics in place so that you can do that in a way that you make money at the end of the day
1: Excellent advice, and it seems to me, you know, oftentimes a little goes a long way. Yeah, it's the
0: little things. The little thing you slip in the, in the card, that little note that, you know, just has a little subtle message to it. I mean, there's, it doesn't take much, but it just you just need to think through it before, you know, before you start uh, executing it.
1: I have a question for you, Bjorn. What is the worst online experience you've ever had?
0: <laughs> uh, so I've been buying online for for a lot of years. Um, you know, the worst experiences, and I've had, I've had many of them, but <laughs> the worst mean? experience is always when you, you buy something and it never shows up. Yes. And it, there's just nothing more frustrating than that. I mean, you can always go and cancel the, the credit card transaction and, and things like that, but it's you know, not showing up. is, uh, you know, It's on the top of the list. But there's, there are other things. Uh, getting the wrong product pretty frustrating yeah. Uh, and it's you know experiences you know a merchant can do a lot of things to, to, to screw up a transaction and most of us you know everybody makes mistakes and it's, you know it happens and a lot of the time it's how you deal with it you know if you have if you're prompt and, and uh, you know and straightforward how you deal how would you deal with the mistakes and being made and it's if you make occasional mistakes it's a lot easier to do it if you make a lot of mistakes it's just not possible to do it everyone gets frustrated and and that shows off a lot to the customer and when when i've had those experiences in the past where you know things go bad and you know i'm easy going on those things being in the industry and when when you get you know our response that you don't want to hear that's that's a big turn off
1: yeah it is Bjorn, I really want to thank you for your time. Very insightful conversation. One last thing I want to ask you before we end this e-commerce conversation. Any sites out there, any, any hot sites you recommend people check out? Any hot shopping sites that people may not be aware of?
0: Well, there's, uh, uh, you know, all depending on, uh, on where the interest levels, layers are. This time of the year, I do uh, backcountry.com. Uh, I particularly like one of the things that they have, um, a site called uh, Deep and Cheap, which is, a daily, <laughs> which is a daily feed that goes out. It's one product that's listed every day that, uh, that they have deep inventory of that goes out. And I think for more than anything, it's a, it's a good reminder of, of using creativity if they build a huge... Uh, mailing list, and there's one product that goes out today, and it's I think it's a it's a really good example of how you can how you can be creative, drive a lot of activity, you know, around your
1: product. I think that's a great idea, and again, that was Bjorn Espinez at infopia.com. That's i n f o p i a dot com Bjorn, thank you very much I know how busy you are especially this time of year I really appreciate you taking the time to do this very insightful information very useful information and I have no doubt in my mind that the the people who listen will will glean a lot from it as well thank you very much and uh, if possible let's have you on again
0: That would be great. Hey, thank you so much. Enjoyed uh, being on the
1: show. Okay. Thanks, Bjorn.
0: Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.
1: That's all the time we have for this week's e-commerce conversation with Pat Callahan. I hope you enjoyed it. Tune in next week for another new episode to find out who Pat will be speaking with.